In the summer of 2016, a mysterious locked book appeared online, promising to reveal the magical secrets held inside if someone could solve the 16 puzzles required to open it. A year later, the book is open, and the adventure that thousands of readers embarked on to unlock it is becoming a book of its own. This is the story of how that adventure came to be. This is the making of the Monarch Papers. Hello! <laughs> and welcome to Hi. the making of the Monarch. Let me clap right into my microphone. Um, welcome to the making of the Monarch Papers. Episode... What's up? I said that'd be really helpful, particularly when I'm mixing. Oh, levels. It. Okay. Um... I have tried really hard to not do an English accent while talking with you guys on this podcast because I think people would be really offended or think that I'm making fun of you guys. But I have a, a oh, almost do- medical issue where I can't help but like parrot other people's accents when I'm talking to them. But I'm going to try my best. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We've got used to it by now. <laughs> and also, we're watching the crown. We're watching the crown. So every five minutes, I just turn to Johnny and go, "Oh, Philippe, oh, Philippe." Uh, that's why this episode is going to be ten minutes long because Maddie and I have to go binge that. Um, so, hello, welcome to the making of the Monarch Papers, episode six, Galaskulk. And we have um, someone with uh, us, with Simon and I today. Uh, who? What's your name again? That's you, Your voice you has just gone super low and slow, <laughs> like you're walk- talking through treacle now. <laughs> he went. It's just it's, it. It won't do that when we get the sound recording. So anytime it does that, just ignore yeah. it. It's just it's really hard because it doesn't Everything... match his beard movements. <laughs> 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 you look like a foreign dubbed Muppet show. Johnny, I'm going to need you For to focus just... on the map of Fairyland. <laughs> This is what we're here to talk anyone about. Anyone who's just listening, okay. the Google Hangout is where you get some context on this conversation. <laughs> um, well, at so least I brought you ha- two to laughter again. So yeah, that's a good so song. we have Johnny here today because we enslaved Hello. him at some point in November to create um, all of the clues for the map of Fairyland puzzle, which was Fragment 6. Say hello, Johnny. Fragment 6. Hello, Johnny. Oh, In my classic. best English accent. <laughs> Hello, um, Johnny. So this was this was uh, I, I we talked about some things last time that there there was some overlap between fragment five and fragment six, like um, Aunt Monica sending things and um, but I was looking back over the recaps for this and this was a hugely pivotal character fragment um, in the span of three weeks uh, because this fragment started at the beginning of December. And we kind of took a break for the holidays, and so did the characters, and the Mounties continued working on the puzzle, and by the time Eves got back to give a recap in January, it was solved. Um, And what happened, we'll get into all the the bits and pieces of of how the fragment itself worked out, but in the span of four weeks, Deirdre found Cole's blog, and started emailing him and they began this like flirtation that ended with them hopefully planning to meet or get to know each other at least during the holidays it also ended with lauren 
solving something with volume three of the Monarch Papers that inspired and impressed Cagliostro enough that he literally summoned her to Turin uh, Uh, in one of the greatest lines, which was... um, he said, I'm going to fly you to Turin. And she said, oh, well, uh, I need information so I can book a flight. And he said, you won't be taking an airplane. <laughs> you won't be taking a plane. Um, so so he that is, um, in this fragment, Cagliostro decided to not only have this assistant, but groom her to be uh, a magician of her own. And there was something else. Oh, um, we not only had Martin Rank been revealed as investigating Cagliostro in Fragment 5, but in this fragment, he finally reached out to the Mountaineers, and they began talking with this person, this character, and began this uh, year-long love affair <laughs> that the readers have had with uh, <laughs> with Martin Rank. Uh, so these are all like giant character things that happened in the span of, I think, three weeks. And then we yeah. just took the holiday, and we I don't think we realized any of it, uh, uh, the importance of all of that. <laughs> How, what was our uh, what was our readership like at this point? I wish I could um, tell you. Um, really, I know we don't really, have the specific. Really good. But... <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Uh, yeah, no, oh wait, I, I remember last last week we decided we were going to say it was like ooh, but then by the end oh, of yeah. this it, oh, was yeah, like, it was like what? So yeah, okay, so we're at wah. Yeah, we're what? at wah. We're at wah about now. <laughs> okay. In January it's like what, but we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> we're at a wah, a, a steady solid wah. Johnny's face is hilarious if you're watching on Google at this point. Uh, just to let you know, Johnny, the, the, st- the stats have been lost because um, some of the... We, we changed provider. We changed so um, emailing platforms, yeah. and I'm now using yeah. MailerLite. That's MailerLite.com. That's MailerLite.com. <laughs> Slash Accurately Green. No, not really. Um, uh, yeah, and, and they're incredible. It's incredible. So the only downside is that when I exported all of our subscribers and imported into this new program, we lost when people subscribed and uh, those dates. So so we're just making it up. We're having a new scale. For fun. Um, yeah. And it's uh, a scale that is purely verbal. <laughs> <laughs> we had 12 teeth. Based on, uh, it started off with 12 or Almost teams. nonverbal yeah. because we're just grunting. Yeah, nonverbal. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's take a step back now that we've looked at, uh, (laughs) the overview of fragment six, Uh. (laughs) let's take a step back. And, um, one of the things this be also became a reoccurring theme, not only in the Monarch papers, but in projects that we're working on in the future, where I highly recommend to creative people, when you see an image or a snippet of something that inspires you, even though you don't know what's going to happen with it or where you'll use it, save it somewhere. Create a place to save all of that because I had read about Bernard Slay's map of fairyland probably five years ago and was super taken with it. And I found this ultra high resolution image of it. And it was very inspiring to me as a creator, as a writer. And it was one of those amazing times where we... I think we were trying to figure out, should we do a book where it was almost a Caesar cipher or a book cipher where we would hide words in a book for this fragment um, and we weren't sure what to do. And then this idea of Simon, after your research with Anne of Brittany, and this idea of why don't we not only have those artifacts 
that we've made up sort of be um, MacGuffins, but also let's really use one, including her sort of shroud and turn it into a canvas. And then we thought, well, what would the painting be? And we came up with the idea of, well, let's say Bernard Slay was a member of this sort of organization and he painted the map of fairyland on Anne of Brittany's burial shroud. As you do. <laughs> As you do. As I you think, do. I think we'd, we'd yeah, because I think we'd said that um, the artifacts would have been passed down through craftspeople, artisans, creative people. So that, that, that kind of made sense then that they were, um, yeah, that he was involved. Yeah. And I, I like to, it tied into a lot of the stuff that was going on in this phase where we were remixing actual historical figures. And the the hunt for the mountaineers had been, there are all these clues about other pieces of art that Bernard Slay had created. And they were looking at, he had created stained glass windows and we were trying to lead them around to these churches and they found all this information. And it was paired with Deirdre's version of her volume one of the Monarch Papers, which um, uh, Lauren's volume w- was unveiled as the seasons passed, but Deirdre's volume, which we <laughs> we were excited about and then kind of abandoned throughout the course of um, phase three, was it was revealed depending on her mental state. Do you remember this? Yeah, because when, when she eventually started traveling... Um, she had to feel an emotion in order for a page to reveal itself. And I think yeah, we carried that to... on. Yeah, oh, I guess we did. I think at some point... I we think we kind of like... dropped it off in... Yeah. We've run out of feelings. I it fa- yeah, it, well, no, it, it, I think it faded away in this part of the, uh, of, the, of the phase, and then it came back in phase three, which is when she went traveling. Right, and there was I fear, there was back. chaos, there was confusion. Yeah. And we... we <laughs> that was put... just us. <laughs> and then there was the story. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and so the symbol in the in the volume one was the symbol for psyche, and I don't think a lot of people. I think it wasn't super relevant to them at the time, but uh, we had we had seeded that where every time she would talk about the book, she would vaguely mention some sort of emotional state she was in. But what that what that journal was revealing were strange little bits and clues and poems that Johnny had created that would lead them to not only connect those clues to Bernard yeah. Slay, but mash those ideas together and realize that it was the map of fairyland that they were going to have to use to solve the Galliscult fragment. Um, yeah. Johnny, why don't you take us on a journey <laughs> to... Well, I was, I was going to ask, actually, I, I, because I was so heavily with, uh, involved with my head down over a, an insanely huge map. I don't know if any. <laughs> this, I printed a copy of this map from the library. Uh, the library of Co- it's on the Library of Congress mm-hmm. uh, website, and it's insanely huge. Yeah, it's-, it's like when you say tapestry, it is tapestry size. I think it was a meter and a half when I printed it off. Amazing, which was laid across the whole of my dining table, all taped together. So I was kind of like pouring over it for so long. How how did they how did the readers come to find the link to Bernard Slay exactly then before the because I know that the clues that we wrote were actually appeared in the journal Mm -hmm. these strange appeared and disappeared and they came to and from but how did they work out the correlation exactly between the the I think when they were looking for the unknown iliomancer and we had clues that where he studied art um that he had also been a sculptor 
and I could I'm making all this up. This is based on no looking no. back or research. So this no, I think could... you're right. They they ended no, up with right. two. Yeah. They had ended up with two options, didn't they? And mm-hmm. they 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 then decided because yeah. of the fairyland thing. Oh, it must be that because it right. felt more right. magical. And and that there was a small town somewhere in the UK that had stained glass windows he had created, and we had pulled some clues or imagery from that. Um, and then oh. in Deirdre's volume of the Monarch Papers, we had the little jumping man we had sketched. Um, and, yeah. and she was sort of, she would find clues and then they would disappear and she couldn't find them again. And the whole thing was literally giving her a headache until she found um, the poem, the bits of poem that were about the fox and the chicken. Do you Which remember was that? the actual, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because <laughs> that was our chimeric animal, wasn't it? Literally, it was, yes. The Galliscope L- was a hybrid chicken and fox. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Jeez. they ever connected those, that Galliscope no, was it. the... When I was pouring over... I'm just disappointed we didn't the... call it a chicken or a ficken. A, a ficken. Or a, 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 a chock. Or a chocks. Chocks, sure. That's why, that's why <laughs> no, we weren't in charge of the chimeric animal. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if you guys remember, but I'd already created a reason for why it was 10 letters. <laughs> There was a. Uh, I created this idea that there was a a, a guy manipulated magic uh, using the power of ten, so he mm, was a decamage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything had Love to it. be in tens. So every, unfortunately, we didn't have. Uh, yeah, because we had ten pieces to the to the actual mm-hmm. puzzle. There was ten pieces in total. It, it, um, so this is how magic. And all of the for. animal names were ten letters. All were ten letters. Yeah, they were. That's mm-hmm. right. Yes. So Which had makes to be, sense because ten be is. What's ten in magical powers? What do you Fingers. Mean? It's the num Fingers. the number of completion. <laughs> oh, right. Is it? It's, it's the number of completion. Yeah. Mm. I might be doing some research on magical numbers right now, but I'm just I telling you that's that. what it for, is. That's for what it is. something. <laughs> for yeah. something. I don't know what, but for something. Uh, yeah, and ten is the ten is the number of completion. Apparently. Oh, fascinating. Okay. Mm. So this. So I mean, it actually, all comes together. Yeah, and it was actually, I don't know if we'd already agreed that we were going to do this kind of chase through the map. I don't know if that came from the, from the offset, because we, we actually had a brief for this fragment, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was detailed. <laughs> this was our attempt to be organized and <laughs> yeah. professional. Wow. This, is, this is like the one time we were like, this is what we will do. Let's bullet point some things and get it down and follow that. We did it exactly it one time. Be- <laughs> yeah. Right. Because that was the part of the big conversation after phase one. And we've talked about this a few times, which was mm. we needed to figure out a way to make the process more efficient mm. and make the best use of everyone's time because yeah. uh, because of the chaos of phase one. And so this was, oh, I got an idea. Let's have a template for a brief. And I'll say, here's what the fragment idea is. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what we need. Here's how we could delegate these things. And it worked really well. And then we never did it again. No, never did but then it again. I think the, 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 the tone kind of changed. They, they put, you know, the, the fragments were less puzzly after this point. Yeah, this was almost like a, a bow out to 2016. You're absolutely monster. right. That's a great point. Yeah. We kind of, I think too, there was a big push. We got a lot of readers right after this and there was a big thing. We started showing up on all these ARG sites and I was really trying to differentiate personally that I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't as excited about the puzzles. Mm. I get that it was a thing for everyone to do, but it was 
it was a grind to try to we wanted to tell the story and then to try to sometimes shoehorn these things in yeah. that were roadblocks and hurdles and um and so we all well, kind people... of said like let's figure out a way that it's like and also a complicated we yeah. started calling them complications yeah and i think also the these, if you think about it the the response to the story was much stronger than it was to the um com- uh, competitions the puzzles and i think we'd proven that the sort of interactive nature of the story was also something that they had a hunger for through the itsuki um site and that that's stuff, a great that point kind of all came together i also think it for yeah, us it absolutely. was a lot easier for us to be able to anticipate um people's reactions when it is that interaction as opposed to a straightforward puzzle which i don't know i think some of these puzzles that i'd written i thought were in um, not easy, but I didn't think they would possibly take quite as long to work out as they did by some of the the, the players. And and that's <laughs> obviously not a criticism. Was it was just a, a, a complete surprise. And it's kind of like, I can't, you know, it's difficult to gauge how hard something can be. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. And I, I think there's a soup of things, which is we are not puzzle makers. Like, uh, no. And so we're making it up as we go. And a lot of times it would be a very simple solution that we would hide and obfuscate behind a bunch of arbitrary roadblocks. Yeah. And that was not exciting for us, <clears throat> excuse me, as storytellers. We're all, we, we three are all storytellers. And so that wasn't exciting. And when we looked back over phase one, the things people remembered about puzzles were, oh my gosh, that part that was yeah. hard, that it's an inside joke yeah. now, or that was complicated. It was never like, oh my God, the realization changed everything and how exciting. It was about the characters. Yeah. And phase two, like we talked about last fragment, was uh, last episode was the proving ground for they care about yeah. these people. And in fact, yeah. it actually plays out in this, uh, in this fragment where we had, so we had 10 letters uh, there were 10 uh, items that found on it. And the, the map was crazy, didn't it? It went everywhere in this map. Uh, everything from Arthurian legends to Greek myths to uh, nursery rhymes. It was, there, was, it, there was so much in that. And we, I remember when we worked out, you know, people would find these letters. I think halfway through it, we kind of went, well, okay, yeah, we're giving them all these letters, but we don't know how they're actually going to work out what the word is because it's a made-up word. So... That's where the idea for the story of the chicken and the fox came in, toward, at which we would release at the end. I think it was one of the final releases, wasn't it? So people could actually work out mm-hmm. how to plot to the name. And that somehow made it feel a lot more um, satisfying, at, at least for me anyway, because it was a, it was a great way of kind of t- bringing story into the puzzle, which we weren't able to do so much in the other ones. I mean, I know there was huge stories in the other ones, but this actually right. was a story that finished off the puzzle. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, phase yeah. one, every puzzle had its yeah. own little narrative. There was the there was King Rabbit, there was Brandon, there was Traveler, there were you know, and this was no no no. Here's Lauren Cagliostro and Deirdre, and yeah. you, the Mountaineers. These are the characters, and they are faced with complications that they have to yeah. overcome that then reveals more character motivation character revelation and i think another reason why this was my f- favorite phase uh overall was because we had di- it was the discovery of that yeah and, and bringing deirdre very much into the center of the story the center of her own story and so it's like she is our protagonist this is this is her story this is where it's going and this phase is what sort of cements that really i think yeah, it was my I favorite agree. phase um, and so, 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And uh, I, I do remember us looking over the map together and we sort of, we spent a day, the three of us crawling over it and sort of saying, could we do something with the compass rose? Or I would definitely like to do something in this little corner because that has something to do with this or that. But then we left it to you, Johnny, <laughs> to just sort of every few days deliver a puzzle piece. And the great thing with Johnny is that it won't just be oh, here's this little bit. It is like the chicken and the fox was this enormous poem for one letter. You got one letter from it. Um, And and so that's the thing we appreciate about Johnny because if Simon and I were left to our devices, we would... We, we would spend an hour and say, I don't know, those are the letters. Like that's, Yeah, that's, that's it. It's it. done. It's done. See that figure? That's what it it's is. Done. Take that letter. Yeah. No, I loved yeah. it. I absolutely loved um, doing this. And so it's the kind did... of crazy... I, I always loved treasure hunts when I was a kid. And this was a treasure hunt through a crazy map. Mm. Absolutely crazy map. Which, um, which of the points or the, the, so the, the elements on the map do you really recall... Um, having fun creating the the, the, the puzzle or the clue. Cause there were numbers. There was the little figure. There was little we statements. Had, there was all sorts, wasn't uh, there? I think uh, Ulysses. Ulysses, right at the bottom of the map, there was a um, oh. around the, the border of the map were comment uh, were little kind of pointers, and it made reference to uh, Sadko, a Russian myth. Uh, about a guy who goes to the bottom of the ocean and encounters the Sea King. And that was written into the borders, around the borders. Hmm. And uh, so I wrote a little poem about him you know, going down, coming back up. I can't remember exactly what I wrote. But um, it was just because it seemed so so unlikely for it to be at Ulysses. You'd think Ulysses would be some kind of Greek kind of story. And it didn't. It was this whole crazy myth that I'd never heard of before. I'd never heard of Sanko. And... It just was like, oh, wow, this is just... Yeah. When you find a little bit of magic that you go, ooh, this is magic. This is a magic I don't know. It was just so cool to find it. But every <laughs> there, there were moments like that all over the place, all over there. So it was one of those things where it was just a moment where I went, ooh, that's, that has to be Ulysses because I have to reference that other myth in there. But I also like Mother Carey and her chickens, which is something I'd, I'd never heard mother, <laughs> never heard before. Mother Carey. Yeah, that too. I, I ended up learning a lot about classic fairy tales that yeah. seemed, you know, in Bernard Slay's generation were stories everyone knew and that within 50, 60 years had completely fallen out of oh. popular culture like Mother Carey. And so in in sort of dissecting this uh, painting, we also learned a lot about story and things that it's... once were classic. I wonder how many of those stories have kind of merged into single stories now. So you've got Mother, I don't know, Mother Carrying the Chickens and you've got Chicken Nicking and whether those two things were kind of competing narratives and one, one yeah. out over the other. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that for yeah. truth. I just think it's interesting. Right. And I think too, there was a lot. Oh, of course. And we, Go ahead. I was just going to say before we move on, we actually wove the guilds into the map as well. I think we call. We had conversations about where 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 would the six guilds fit within the fairyland map. That's right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Where, what would be the um, sort of territories of the guilds? Yeah, yeah. That's I don't know if it was that we, we ever told anybody what we did, but I don't think heads, so. I think, I think we had to do that to see if it would fit. But didn't we also make sure that was magic and of course everything had to... didn't we also make sure that the um, 
the the clues led to sort of a spread of guild-like answers so there's kind of adventurous ones there were thoughtful ones there were bookish ones there were emotional ones i think i'm not sure i might i know i think you're right i think it was that sort of idea like spreading them out among the guilds and also the idea that every every solution in phase two was 10 letters and then and then johnny came up with this fantastic backstory that was once again a product of this responsive fiction which is i'm not sure if we're going to use that but let's set it up now in case we do need it later um in case the 10 thing can become relevant narratively and if people start saying hey i wonder where the guilds would be we could say well that's interesting you say that because we've created these clues that relate to the sort of six guild territories in the map of fairyland hmm I actually want to write a story that involves... Uh, Don't give anything away. Some kind of department of magic where the layers within the department were all based on the, the number of letters you could use to cast a spell. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like the, the lower down the list level the word, the, the harder the words got, so you could cast less, less magic. Oh, got it. I was like, so when you could do like two letters, you could cast magic really quickly. But when you had like a oh. hundred... It was like you never cast a spell. I'm writing this down. We're going to yeah, yeah. use that. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen. It's Stolen. Math, math magic. Math That's magic. the kind of thing that if Johnny had mentioned during the Monarch Papers, <laughs> would have ended up it would three be. days later would have been a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> it was, there was a lot of that going on. It was quite funny. I did learn to keep my mouth shut after a while. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you can, story story you can have yeah. stories of your own. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Kind of Mr. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Anymore. Can't say anything else. Don't say anything. Don't, don't say oh, anything. Else. No one say anything. Yeah. Um, Did anybody yeah, have any I, questions about the map? Um, they would have had I remembered to ask. <laughs> I have done it. Wait. I've done it again. But okay. I promise, for the next two fragments, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. I just have been. I'm using this time at the end of the year. This isn't specifically the making of the Monarch Papers content, but overall, Ackerley Green. I'm using these. Uh, these last two weeks of 2017 to get ready for January and and be a little quieter in the the public arena so that we can um, build the infrastructure of the company and be ready to go in January. So little Lots things like do, that, yeah. which I love, I have forgotten to do. And so maybe we'll do like a bonus thing in between at some point, these episodes where we have people ask more questions and we'll do like episode 6B with uh, questions about Galluskulk. And this would have been uh, a nice one because it was about <laughs> old Laura and the Kylie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I have regrets, but um, but yeah. So I, you know, I feel like I feel like. Uh, is there anything else we want to discuss about it? It was. I was just sort of surprised that in the span of three weeks, so much interesting character stuff had. I think because we knew we were with the break in between December and January was going to be a sort of big character turning point for everyone. And we, we kind of wanted to end on a bunch of fun cliffhangers because at this point we still weren't sure anyone was going to come back. (laughs) If we, if we took two weeks off, you know, I think we did say this fragment was going to be a a, a light, light puzzle fragment. (laughs) Uh huh. A light one. But I think if you read back, if you read back through the forums, it, I don't think it was as light as we thought. Again, I think there was a no. lot of puzzling. Exactly, a lot exactly of, my point. What the I hell like, is this? <laughs> we were worried that it well, wouldn't last. <laughs> yeah, and that was the the last time we did a puzzle puzzle like this, where um, 
where they would get they would puzzle a lot to get one piece and then have mm. to puzzle a lot to get another piece and puzzle a lot we yeah. you know i feel like the um the cracks were showing in that i we didn't want them to start feeling like oh i get this is what a monarch papers puzzle is like yeah. that it's this little mini sort of roadblock 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 it wasn't fun for us it was probably going to soon not be fun for them uh, but have... this is still one of my favorites because it yeah. felt very traditionally monarch papers yeah. with all very the flavor magic. that, that yeah that johnny it's put into very it and, magic. and and i like that whole thing of like i said bringing in not only things that have inspired us but this idea of bringing in actual historic items and more and grounding the magic verse in our world because early on people were talking about how oh i get on this forum and i go to this other world where magic is real and and like you can see now that accurlygreen.com is in world we had this idea where we kept saying no no this is the world we're talking about yeah. here mm -hmm. this world um it's like when lauren ended up burning the morgan library i kept reiterating it was illusory fire because if the Morgan Library really burned down, it would be in the newspaper yeah. because we were trying to sort of establish that it's our world plus, like plus magic, plus fantasy, plus more wonder. And uh, one of my one of the clues in the um, in the Galascope was uh, for Undine Bay, which existed in the Fairyland map, but also exists in the real world. So there was a crossover point. Yeah, exactly. I, I like the Fairyland map because it gave me one of my funnest uh, music titles which is um my current one it says music I, I uh, uh, pig bone spider whatever, <laughs> whatever it is vinegar vinegar right. pig bone heart but yeah yeah <laughs> spider pig it's like what on earth is that's also some of my favorite music was ah. was was in this phase two that you created a lot to do with um the fairyland map but also um the the piece you wrote about Lauren traveling with Cagliostro yeah. and Cag's theme as well and yeah oh and there was this great quote let me see if I can pull it up quickly pad pad talk about something I'm going to pull um, it up because at this time in phase two I was also posting um quotes from the monarch papers on on oh. social media oh I didn't I don't remember that <laughs> um yeah. yeah um maybe you could sing we can always cut <laughs> No, I did. I did find um, um, writing this phase musically a lot more fun because I think it because it has such strong characters that you end up just writing them themes. So Cagliostro has a theme. The this is where um, March of the Mountaineers started. Um, we oh, we yeah. carried forward Lauren's theme, but sort of uh, sorry, not Lauren's theme, Deirdre's theme, but sort of expanded upon it. Um, and I have to say, my favourite uh, scoring piece was um, the. Um, uh, uh, the the final one the the um, the resolution the whole yeah. um, uh, translation pyramid <laughs> the, no no the, the 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 complete translation thank you Johnny yes. uh, but no I was thinking the word um, <laughs> I want to say dodecahedron not no, tetrahedron the tetrahedron tetrahedron the not a pyramid um, not that a whole bit was my favorite because it was like it was like scoring to picture it was scoring to soundtrack so it, it gave um, it was good fun oh gosh yeah. Uh, and I can't wait to get into that to talk about you producing that. But here's the quote I wanted to from Lauren. This was when, in January when she got back post Fragment Six and traveling with Cagliostro. Uh, I've seen the seventeen wonders, followed roads to sunken cities, 
touched the secret light that lives in the space between us all. I've even heard whispers just beyond dark and star rim doors. It's all true. It's all real. I want to go to that mall. Ooh. Yeah. That mall. I want to go <laughs> to the mall. The mall of America. <laughs> the mall of America. You I wish the they had the parking lot of America to go to the mall of America. <laughs> uh, well, what a wonderful conversation, guys. It's been lovely spending time with you today. Wasn't it, though? Hey. That was delicious. Yeah, and, and just so everyone knows, because we did get positive response about us creating a more scholarly, investigative Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Oh, okay. So it's definitely on. I just wanted everyone to know that it's definitely in the works. We're going to do this. Uh, uh, and maybe we'll, we'll explore the possibility of um, doing some other things like that. But right now, yeah. we're going to focus on the making of the Monarch Papers. Yes. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> um, is it like so, is it 20 uh, years? A couple of things. 20 oh, years. Yeah. This year. It, this is we are currently in the 20 because it was a mid-season replacement in right. January of 1997. Oh, yeah. So, uh if you want to help com, bring wonder to the world, you can contribute to our Patreon account, which is at patreon.com slash green. There you can not only read my assistant Devin's um, production blog, you can also have early access to video and audio of these podcasts, and uh, you'll be helping a really good cause. Um, and also, you can now subscribe to The Making of the Monarch Papers on iTunes. So search The Making of the Monarch Papers on iTunes, subscribe, and feel free to give it tons of stars. That would be incredible. And until next week when we talk about Fragment 7, quick, what's the name of Fragment 7's chimeric animal? Derek. <laughs> Derek. It was Derek. Oh, hang Derek. on. No, what it if we had Derek to... the, the Was it Tigrantula? <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, no, I think it was Fiora Morris. Furomaris was mine. Oh. This is when they yeah, also this was when way. Campfire was on fire yeah, yeah, because yeah. they were drawing uh I remember the carrot they were drawing all the chimeric animals and Furomaris was in a little fish bowl. It was <laughs> the cutest thing. Um, <laughs> Until we get to Tigrantula. Anyway, so have a wonderful Have a wonderful week and uh and we'll we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you.